You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome back to our series, Resisting the Devil. This is episode seven. We're going to jump right into the thoughts we were in yesterday. And uh, the context of James 4, 7 is about controlling your flesh. When you see that word, therefore, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Therefore connects to the previous verses. And the whole idea behind those first verses is about controlling your flesh. And the people of James's day were not good at that. And that attitude had crept into the church. And so you had many, many cars carnal, carnal Christians, and a lot of people in the church who were given to anger and rage and, and people who felt like in order to get anything, you got to fight for it. Well, that was the way that their culture ran, and they yielded to the culture. Instead of being opposite of it, they were like it. You can't resist the devil if you don't control your own flesh. The flesh of the most sanctified Christian is no better than the flesh of of the most wicked sinner in town. And I know that may sound shocking to you, but your flesh is not born again. When you are born again, it is your spirit that is completely remade. You don't get a new body. You don't get a new flesh. Now, you may have a grace and the the power of the change that hits your spirit may actually push back your flesh for a season, but ultimately, doesn't matter who you are, the most amazing believer, the greatest evangelist, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who it is. You still have flesh to contend with. So you have to control it. You have to keep it under. Galatians 5, 17, 20th century New Testament. For these cravings of our earthly nature conflict with the spirit and the spirit with our earthly nature. They are two contrary principles so that you cannot do what you wish. Now, what he means here, he doesn't mean that you can't obey God, you can't follow truth. He's saying you cannot follow every desire that comes into your being. And a lot of people don't know that. They think that it's God's plan, God's will for them to follow every desire. And uh, I've actually seen people say this in being a pastor of a church where a man committed adultery with another woman and said, the Lord led me to do this. Well, he's talking about his own desire. It wasn't the Lord. The Lord does not violate his own word. He doesn't contradict the teaching of the scriptures that he inspired. And so this man basically just followed his own whim. He justified it, or tried to anyway, by saying it was something that came from God, but it wasn't. Now, this contest that we endure and we will be in it as long as we live in our human bodies, it is a struggle for us to gain the ascendancy of the spiritual nature against the nature of the flesh. 1 Corinthians 9, 25, 26, 27. I'm reading from 26 translations. Here is a testimony of the Apostle Paul. He says, anyone who enters a contest goes into strict training. I want to stop here and talk about this. Uh, I uh, 
have not worked out faithfully all of my life, but I have worked out in spurts. I mean, sometimes really rigid 10-year spurts. And I have had a tendency to be very extreme. And um, uh, probably six, seven years ago, uh, my workouts were so incredibly tough. I was running the bleachers at our high school stadium uh, in 95-degree temperature, and I would run for 45 minutes to an hour, run up and then walk down, run up and then walk down. And I was training for trips that I would take into the mountains, and the only way I could get in tip-top shape was to exercise and work out and uh, some days I couldn't get it in early, early in the morning or late in the evening when things had cooled down a little bit. So I just hauled off and did it in the heat of the day. Uh, I wouldn't advise that, but I was in tip-top shape and, and I was able to weather it. Now, uh, my workouts uh, started with weights and I would lift really, really heavy weights and, and was doing this to get in shape and strengthen my back and my arms. And uh, I remember sitting there before my workouts would begin, and I would sit on the bench, and I would say this to myself, I don't want to do this. And uh, it was hard every day. And uh, my wife said, you would be able to work out very consistently if you worked out like a regular person. And she's probably right. But I didn't work out like a regular person. I was in a contest. And for me, I had to get in tip-top shape so I could handle anything I faced on the mountain. So I would say to myself, I don't want to do this, but I still made myself do it. And I mean, it was grueling. And by the time I got done with the weight workout, I was really already tired. But then it was time to go out and run the bleachers. But that's what you do when you're in strict training. And I was around our high school football team where their workouts were unreal. Several of our kids graduated and went into the Army or went to college, and every one of them said that the Army's basic training was nothing like our football workouts or the college uh, workouts were not quite as tough as our high school workouts. What our kids went through at high school was really special. All right, anyone who enters a contest goes into strict training in such a race the winner receives a perishable wreath, but the one we compete for will never wither. So the idea here is if you want to please the Lord, you're going to have to go into some training, and you're going to have to deny yourself. That's what Jesus taught the disciples. Early on in the Gospel of Matthew, he said, you're going to have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me, meaning that you will have to discipline yourself. And he's not talking about starving your deepest heart desire. He's talking about dealing with your fleshly desire, things that you know are not helpful, not wholesome, that don't lead to good family life. They don't lead to good business life. They don't lead to anything good and wholesome. He is talking about holding down your flesh. So he said, so I run with a clear goal ahead of me. I fight to win. I'm not just shadow boxing or playing around. In other words, Jesus said, that when we deal with our flesh, it's not like a guy who's kicking into the air and doing his uh, moves, boxing, uh, just uh, boxing the air. You see guys that do that. He is saying, I bruise my body. I make it my slave. And he doesn't mean that uh, literally. He means that I do not allow my body to do everything that it wants to do. So that after I have called others to the contest, I myself should be disqualified. Now, I want to say something very clearly. Your flesh is not the devil. 
but the devil works through your flesh. Remember, the devil always goes to the weakest link. And that's what he did in the Garden of Eden when he went against Eve. Eve was the weakest link, not because she was a woman, but because she did not have all the information. You can tell that Adam was not faithful to give Eve the complete story of what God had actually said. Eve said to the serpent when he tried to tempt her to eat the fruit, we shall not eat it nor touch it. God didn't say that. God didn't say that at all. Eve thought that she said touch it, and I can tell what happened. Adam probably told her, look, don't eat it, don't even touch it. And God didn't say that. So when she did touch it and nothing happened, she thought the whole thing was a lie. And so she was the weak link, and that's why Satan went after her. Your flesh, your flesh is no match for the power and the grace of God that is in your born-again, recreated spirit. But you are going to have to feed your spirit, be aware of it, strengthen it so that your mind piggybacks with your spirit and helps you to control your flesh. you got three things. you got spirit, soul, which is mind, emotions, and flesh. The two against the one always win. If spirit and soul are submitted to God, the flesh is going to lose. But if the soul and the mind are submitted to the flesh and identified with the flesh, then the spirit is going to be the one to lose. And that's what happens when you see believers that do not walk in their new nature, that gave their hearts to Christ, but they behave just as they did when they were in the world. They go right back into the same sins. And it's not because they weren't born again. It's because they have not allowed the new nature to take charge in their lives. They've not fed it. You've got to be fed spiritually. You are not a self-generating dynamo. We're batteries. We've got to be recharged. Our strength comes from God. We don't get this ever-enduring, eternal life thing in us that is so powerful that we don't even have to feed ourselves. It dominates. That's not the case. Now, Christ did have that. But we, as lesser humans, we don't have that. We're not God. We have God's Spirit in us, but we have to be fed and nurtured by that Spirit and strengthened by that Spirit. We can't lose contact with our power source. And that's why many believers fall into the sins of the flesh. They've lost contact with the power source. That's really what James is talking about when he says, therefore submit to God. In other words, keep going back to the station. Keep going back fill in your tank. Keep going back and taking care of your vehicle. Do that so that you'll be able to continue to perform the way that you should. You are more than able to control your flesh, but you cannot do it without the proper tool. And we're going to get into this more deeply because I want you to see that God has given you tools to use to deal with your flesh. It becomes a whole lot more simple. Have you ever tried to tighten a screw or a nut without a wrench or a screwdriver? Uh, it, you can get it to a certain point, but you can't get it all the way. Uh, that's because you don't have the tool. And if you're aware of the tools, it's amazing how much easier things are. We'll deal with that tomorrow. See you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? 
And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.